This is episode 5 of the RPG Land Awesome Cast, and we're here to judge you. All right, and welcome again to the RPG Land Awesome Cast. I'm Ori House, the Awesome Cast host from Minnesota, and I like my chicken fried the best because it's just so crunchy and good. I'm Heath Heinemann, editor in chief of RPGLand.com. I in Brookville, Pennsylvania, right now. I enjoy my chicken buffalo style most often, though I, I agree with Ori that fried is delicious. Um, maybe it's just a spur of the moment thing, but I could go for buffalo if I were to eat chicken right now. I'm Janelle Heinemann, and I'm also in Brookville, Pennsylvania. I'm a reviewer for RPGland.com, and I like my chicken roasted. I'm Courtney Stone, also known as Alethea, and I'm from RandomNPC.com, and I like my chicken fried, but it tends to pack the fat around my hips, so the better alternative is lemon pepper. On the grill. That's pretty nice. delicious. Lemon pepper is pretty delicious. I'll give it that. <laughs> anyway, it today... Like, uh-oh. I was just going to say, it sounds like Courtney has been unofficially chosen to host the random NPC RPG Land barbecue. Thinking yes after that. Sure, yeah. We have a, we have a very nice grill. Let's come on down. We'll all have lemon pepper chicken. You're all invited. Everyone. <laughs> sounds good. Ori, what are we Mike, talking about? Well, today we're talking about reviews and what they mean to us. And we're going to do this like from a writing perspective, so it's not like you know the obvious, but kind of like letting people out there know like what we go through uh, personally and professionally when we write a review. And I think that you know there's a lot that goes into writing. You know, I think that it's something that the average reader might not think about. They like to read reviews, they like to bash reviews or laud reviews, but they don't really think about what goes into writing a serious review. Especially not like for a large audience and as a, a staff member of something, because there's a great difference between writing several reader reviews on uh, some site where you can do that like a, the GameSpot or GameFAQs or something like that, and actually writing with your real name out there in a, a collection of reviews on a website's archive, or especially writing about games that haven't come out yet. The, they're worlds apart, and a lot more goes into the kind of thing that we do here. So we're going to help try and understand that, delve into it a little bit in detail. That's a good question to ask is, you know, what is a review and what's a review composed of? On the surface, that's uh, there's a pretty obvious answer because any idiot will tell you uh, something along the lines of, well, it's an opinion of whatever. It could be a movie. Uh, in this case, we're talking about games and things. And it's just a collection of that person's opinions. But there's actually... The world of the internet is funny. 
because there's always something about a review that someone out there is going to hate. And that's just something you have to accept when you write a review. It's almost like, like a battle you can't win. And uh, we'll, we might get in later in the discussion. The, the ultimate battle you can't win is heaven help you if someone posts your review on GameFAQs. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that later. Because is, everyone's different, so you're not going to have exactly the same opinion on a game as too many people out there. So there's going to be subjective things and objective things that you have to say. And there's a score at the end, right? You people with me here? Score? Mm-hmm. And you've got to, got to tailor that to different things at different times. I'm trying to think of examples here. Like Romancing Saga for the PS2 is a game that I know full well doesn't appeal to the majority of people. And usually when a game doesn't appeal to the majority of people, I, I hold back from the score at least somewhat, sometimes a lot. But sometimes I take a greedy pleasure, and I gave that one an 8.5 out of 10, which on our scale is great. Other examples from around the table, if any? Well, what I'm thinking of is um, when I do a review, sometimes I'll notice something in the game that doesn't necessarily bother me, but it might bother some people. So I try to give it some sort of coverage in the game, saying, you know, well, I can't really think of too many examples right now, but, you know, for example, if a game doesn't have a world map, that really bothers some people. I don't know why, but that really bothers some people. So it might be worth mentioning. Um, Sometimes if there are frequent random encounters, some people may not even care. Some people may consider that to be a design flaw and that it's going to get you know, really annoying really quickly. So it's good to mention stuff like that. So I try to cover little things that I think might annoy other people, even if they don't necessarily annoy me. And I've had people say, thank you for mentioning that because, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be, that I'm not going to get the game because of that. And then some people say, hey, I love it when a game has this. And uh, that will be a selling point for them. Yeah, I think that's important. And I also think it's, one of the things is it's hard. Some of those things are hard to predict for me, because especially when they're kind of unique situations. Like in my specific case, I loved, I absolutely loved to death the sailing mechanic in Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker. That's and, a great example. And was completely baffled when everyone hated it because. <laughs> Because I had not expected it at all. Like, I had not looked at it. I mean, with some things like random battles where there's a precedent, you know, where you can build off. But something like that was just like, pow. I was like, oh, my God. And I gave that game a 10. And Heath was looking at me funny all the time I was doing this. And <laughs> I'm always weary of a not, 10. <laughs> I could not get past Wind Waker. I got to a certain point in the game, and I'm not going to spoil it because you know there's probably what one person listening to this that hasn't played it I got to a certain point it, it made me so mad <laughs> and that was just that I, I just shut it off I returned it to my brother-in-law I was borrowing it from him I just said, that's that's it I can't play this this is horrible <laughs> what was that I couldn't stand it um, it's when um, basically they reveal who, who who Tetra really is and then you kind of get thrown out in the ocean just okay 
now you need to go figure out what to do next. And I just kind of thought, okay, I have no freaking clue. Um, I'm faced with a lot of sailing all of a sudden, and that was that. I I, I gave up on the game. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. There's a good example of different players' experiences. We've got a live example see, right I here on see, our panel. I yeah, can see how right some there. people would say, you know, oh my gosh, I love the whole exploration aspect of it, that they would freak out over. And I, I didn't like it. I, I like exploring in games, but that was just a little bit too much because it was just nothing but a big bucket of blue paint for me. <laughs> it was just, well, I couldn't stand it. A lot of people said that. And like, it's, it's, it's still like in the past probably five years of my life, probably right near the top of the games personally on my personal scale which isn't necessarily you know anything i need to bring into an objective thing but we might later in the discussion oh we might but we might yeah you never but know i think that's that's a good example though of like you know because people go to their games looking for different things obviously to get out of them i mean i go to i actually come to rpgs from more of an adventure game um, frame of mind because that's what I was playing first, actually. And, you know, all the old classic graphic adventure games. And so when I, I'm looking for almost more adventure game aspects in an RPG, then so I don't look at as much at battle systems and things because that's not why I'm there. I mean, I'm not, this is terrible generality, but it's just pointing out that. Because every genre has its ups and downs. Well, some people are going to pick up an RPG and they're going to demand a really good story. And if it doesn't have that really good story, they're not going to touch it. There's some people who are like that. Yeah. I, th I think that it's important for a person who's reviewing to to know, you know, know themselves and know what they enjoy and how tolerant they are of different things. What sorts of systems and aspects they generally enjoy and take notice of and criticize and you know what things they don't enjoy and might you know perhaps score unfairly one doesn't want to be biased but at the same time one doesn't want to eliminate their their own opinion in the review you know and it often for me it becomes a question of how patient am I versus how patient would be the average readership I can be really patient with some some aspects of a game, and if I'm really enjoying something, it can be easy to explain away some faults, whereas other people might say, you know, that's it, that ruins the game for me. A good example would be the slowdown in Odin Sphere. I mean, there were bosses that were slowing down the game horribly, but I was sitting there going, this is too much fun. You know, yeah, it's a technical issue that probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, one has to score the game down for that, but... I don't think it affected my enjoyment of the game to the degree that it might have affected someone else's. That's really hard to put a number on, is the thing, too. Is when uh, criticisms come of reviews for scoring one game a certain way in this aspect, but then that same aspect of another game gets scored differently. People might point out what they feel is an inconsistency, but they don't know all the thoughts of the reviewer that you know, sometimes they can't all be conveyed in a without writing a novel. Uh, an example, actually, that came up to, into my mind when Janelle was talking about lag and slowdown is the recently released Final Fantasy Tactics uh, War of the Lions for PSP. 
there's a lot of lag in that. And you look around the internet at what people say are saying about it, and for some people it's game breaking; they can't get past the first chapter. And others are saying it's nothing; ignore it. I hardly notice it; it goes away. It's not that bad. And so we see how just and so as a reviewer, when you know this, when you know some people are going to take it hard, and some people are just not going to care about something. It becomes very difficult to put a number on that, and just like I said in the beginning of the cast, somebody out there is gonna hate you for it, no matter what number you put down. Mm-hmm. I think this is why it's important, you know, to put an emphasis on the text in your reviews. Yeah, the numbers, the score, the thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you give it at the end, is probably important for kind of a summary and a glance, but it's like. You know, the text is where you're going to find the meat of, you know, what the reviewer thought about the game and about different aspects of the game. Some things that they talk about might not even factor into the numbers. And, you know, I wish there was a way to get that across to more people, is that the text is important. So, well, that kind of brings us around to, uh, well, the problem with numbers is oftentimes... Uh, a reader of the review will come on and immediately look to the number, maybe not even reading a single word of the review. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not a problem if you want to read that first or if you don't have a whole lot of time on your hands to be reading every word of every review. That's understandable. However, forming an opinion like you know exactly why that game got that number or you know the full extent of that reviewer's opinion or that you even know the scale on which that review is, uh, is a bit, a bit too much of an assumption. Uh, like Especially on scales like ours, and I believe Random NPC, uh, you guys also use the 1 out of 10, where 5 being the mathematical center is mm-hmm. the average, correct? Yeah. See, that's not common. A lot of people are still stuck in high school where anything below 70% fails yep. automatically. Yeah. And so they they see that and see like a six point five or whatever that might be good, but they don't think it was good. They're like, oh man, they hated this game. Why they hate that? Ah, oh, this place sucks. But it's yeah. bizarre because you'll go to other places and you'll see like you know, there was a review for some Spider-Man game, and they gave it like six point five or something, and the title was "Flush This Spider Down the Toilet." It's like six point five is not worth playing. I tell you what, Heath, I'm going to extend your metaphor and say that game reviews are like college. It depends on your professor. Nice. Yeah, but it just seems so funny that it's like, you know, if 65 or lower is, you know, some kind of failure, then why do you even have the bottom half of the scale? You so rarely see it being used unless someone wants to make an extremely dramatic point, like, 1 out of 10, worst game ever. I did that with Beyond the Beyond, where the entire text of my review was just an ellipsis, and then, what? Italicized. One out of ten. Said I didn't need a whole lot of text for that. You get what I'm saying. Well, back on the part about how, you know, you can just look at the score and, and not read the review. It is better to actually read the review, because, like, we were talk- like I was talking about earlier, with, um, you know, it, they may have rated the 
given it a low score in a particular section because of something that bothered the reviewer. But then when you read through it, you think, oh, that's not going to bother me. That I wouldn't think that's necessarily bad. You know, maybe the high encounter rate, they knock the score down. And then you read that and you think, well, I don't mind high encounter rates. I'm going to like this game. So it's better to go into detail and see why they gave it that score. The text justifies the numbers, but the numbers don't justify the text. Like, if you look at the numbers, like Keith said, you're not really going to get the full picture, whereas you can look at the text and not the numbers and mm -hmm. get the picture. The numbers help the text. They're not exactly supposed to be a standalone. Yeah. What makes things even worse for uh, reviewers is people ruining it for the rest of us. Now, I've got in front of me an Eternal Sonata review, which is... The worst review I've read in a long time, at least published by a professional-ish website similar to ours, I have the final score. Well, I won't tell you yet. It says here in the intro paragraph, we read, Please realize, going into this review, while I have done my best to reflect on my experiences with Eternal Sonata after I completed it, I still remain affected by it in a negative way. I will try to be as unbiased as possible, but reader beware, I have been spurned. Okay, and his, his closing here. So do yourselves a favor. Go out to the Xbox Live Marketplace or iTunes or even that ancient relic, the CD store, and get yourself a copy of some of Chopin's work and leave this game behind. I know I wish I did. Now keep those, keep those comments in mind. I want you to try and guess the score that this got out of, we'll convert it to percentages here. Um, so if you want to say out of 10 or whatever, out of 5, we'll just, I'll go ahead and convert your thing to a percentage. Or if you want to guess a percentage, that, that's fine too. Um, that again was, leave this game behind. I know I wish I had. And if I was reviewing a game, if I was reviewing a game and I gave it, I made a comment like that. I would probably give it um, maybe like a three or four. Yeah, it would be pretty low. Probably a four. I'm 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 thinking like for ours, it's probably definitely a three, at least the way we did it. Because I think that sounds like how much I hated Lost in Blue. <laughs> I think that got like a three, yeah. if that. I was thinking along the same lines as you two, like a 3.5 or something. You know, maybe maybe even a 2, you know? Like, low. If I were to use those words, uh, I would expect them to be in something disappointing, obviously. And when I think disappointing, I think below average. So, on our scale, uh, numerically, nothing higher than a 4.5 but I wouldn't even expect it to be that. If I'm saying leave this game behind, I wish I know I wish I had. And if I'm saying I've been spurned, uh, I would expect probably 3.5 or lower. But on a percentage basis, this was given a 75%. Now what in the hell? So... Now, anytime I give a, a 7.5, if people are, are loyal, loyal readers of this site, and then they come over to RPG Land and see, like, for example, I gave Wild Arms 5 a 7.5 out of 10. 
uh, Derek of randompc.com actually shared his .hackgu volume 3 review with both websites and we thank him for it and he gave it a 7 out of 10 and then they're, they're going to see that and say oh this, these games are are so bad because they're going to be used to 75% meaning please pass this game up I regret playing it so much the bigger problem is though even on this web, particular website's grading scale it says for that numerical score, it says that these games are neither bad nor good. You will probably find something to enjoy about them, but the amount of faults keeps the game from scoring higher. So right there it says you'll probably find something to enjoy. It says neither bad nor good, and yet we have a reviewer using that number to describe something he wishes he hadn't played and would not recommend to anyone. He was spurned. Um, it's kind of sad, but it's just kind of, you know... Reader beware. Reader beware. And, you know, you just have to have people that they, they get used to. Um, the things that I've noticed among fans, you know, reading forums and things like that, is they kind of they kind of start learning how a certain site scores stuff, and that kind of gets factored in. So, But that's only if you've been reading the site for a long time. You know, if it's just something you walk into, you know, it's going to take you some time to figure out exactly how they score, say that, you know, that... For this particular place, the 7 is the average, and for this other place, the 5 is the average, and you have to learn it after a while. This may or may not be the time to bring up my one and only hate mail. <laughs> yes, please. I was about to bring up something. <laughs> because because I, I do only have one hate mail, and I think it was the first that site ever received. And I was Yes, it, w it was, actually. Strangely honoring. I don't know. I got, um, I reviewed Dragon Quest, or I suppose it was Dragon Warrior at the time, 1 and 2 for Game Boy Color, and uh, I, I think I gave it a 4.5. It was something like that. I can I find it right now, I said Because uh, I said something along the lines of, like, you know, it's, it, it's not like uh, one of the other Dragon Warriors after those two, which have aged much better pretty much right after that cutoff. But the, f the first one in particular was, you know, it's just, it's just not a game that is aged terribly well com uh, comparatively. And so I said right in the review, you know, you know, Dragon Warrior fans? Sure. Fine. You know, it's Dragon Warrior. What's wrong? It was, I had fun playing it, but it was, you know, it was still a little bit below average for the for the course, especially compared to Dragon Warrior 3. See, that and, makes total sense to me. And uh, I got hate mail for it. I got very angry hate mail for it. And thinking back on it now, I'm like, you know, if you're enough of a Dragon Warrior fan to get upset about the review and email me, why, why, why are you reading a review of it? <laughs> Well, I, I guess it is kind of habit to click on the reviews of your favorite games and stuff, though. I suppose I'm a huge Saga fan, and I do still click Saga reviews. I do, even that though too. I know I love most of those games. But it's like Frontier no. Two gets a, a bit of a scowl from I'm, me. But I'm thinking yeah. if you read the, the thing there, you'd realize that I'm saying, you know, for you, it's good. For me, it was good, but a lot of people, it's not so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, it's just some people don't read the text and apply that. See, I wonder, you have to wonder if the guy that sent that clicked the review criteria or even read much of the text. Because that, that would make sense to me, personally. E even as a Saga fan, if I read a, a substandard Saga, which I have, but if they explained, like, okay, if you like this, and if you like this, and like this in your games, then this is probably for you. But overall, it won't appeal to a whole lot of people. Uh, yeah, I could understand a low score for that. But that if they found some kind of flaws in the mechanics, and if it just wasn't up their alley, personally... Yeah, you can't fault a guy for a low score for that. And then he went off on it. the case of a remake, like you said, which hadn't aged well. Well, it wasn't really much of a remake. Well, that's true. I, I said remake. I should have said port. Sorry about that. Well, after, after that, they went on a little rant about, you know, Dragon Quest Eight and how obviously it was all about graphics, even though that, that never really entered into it. I've heard that crap before. I hate that. Did, so, I mean, no. Dragon Quest VIII played better than the first one. I know it's hard to imagine, but having more more party members than one actually can do a lot for your gameplay. And, uh, there's something to be said for having three dimensions. Oh, hate us for loving technology. Yeah. But the funny thing is, I think... Especially when you use three dimensions well, like Dragon Quest VIII did. Indeed. We got two hate mails for that same thing, actually. You got one, personally for the Dragon Warrior thing, but then later, the whole lot of us got a hate mail, and it mentioned that. It kind of called us graphic whores for giving Dragon Quest VIII uh, a 9.5 or something, and uh, it having good graphics, and we gave Shenmue, which had good graphics, but then some other game with terrible graphics we didn't like for some reason. And it wasn't even... I can guarantee you it wasn't only the graphics. Well, yes. Yeah, hate on a game. It takes more than that to get a low score. I know it might be a, a stretch of the imagination, but sometimes, you know, bad graphics are a sign of overall low production value. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like... But, I mean, this person that sent that email should have looked at other reviews like uh, Lunar series. We've usually scored that series pretty well. And, you know, the PlayStation re-releases didn't exactly max out the system's power and such. So, but, yeah, it's just an example of people not paying attention and just kind of blindly hating. I don't think I've ever gotten any hate mail for any of the reviews I've ever written. Um, and I certainly, don't, I certainly don't want to start getting hate mail. <laughs> I oh, do come on. That. No, I don't. Uh, no, I've, got, I've gotten hate mail for other things. Uh, I've gotten hate mail simply for being female. You know, I, I've had people send me emails saying, you know, that they would like to do all kinds of terrible things to me simply because I am female. Uh, <laughs> don't want to get into that. Uh, well, I did have a guy try to get my job over at RP Gamer. Um, he uh, he sent me uh, several pictures of his massive gaming collection. So uh, I was was trying to use that. He was trying to use that as some sort of argument that he was a better reviewer than me or something. It it, it was silly, but anyway, um, no, I, I never really got hate mail. But uh, I, I I think X hates me now because of uh, how I scored uh, and uh, so I, I do know that they, when they read my review, they conveyed to me through another staffer that they were extremely displeased with the way that I had worded some things, mm -hmm. and uh, they they had actually.
actually tried to uh, reword some of my sentences, and I, I, I didn't. Huh. But, oh my gosh. Uh, that, yeah, they, that, they, they. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think it was if one thing was that they said that I mentioned something that I thought was a bug, and they said it wasn't a bug, and I can't remember which sentence it was, but they didn't like the way I had phrased it, and it's made it sounded like um, I was criticizing something that didn't need to be criticized, and I think I reworded it a little bit, but not, not that much <laughs> because I wasn't going to you know, lessen the venom that I had for the game. You know, I wasn't going to try to, you know, sugarcoat it or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't have any friends with that now, but I, I, I love a lot of the stuff they do. I think they're a great company. It's just, you know, yeah. not everybody can win with every single game that they put out there. You yeah, can't always true. have a winner. I like, that's why I'm kind of saddened by this because... I know, I was too. <laughs> well, then again, I suppose, I, I think uh, it was Nipponichi America that that seem to take most of everything in stride. Yeah, they're, they're good about remember. taking it the arm. You know. Yeah, when when there's a bad one, I think I think I remember like there was one. Uh, it might have been that uh, Spectral Souls for PSP. They did that, right? Oh, I slaughtered that one. Yeah, I, didn't they like come back with that and said, "Oh, he didn't like it." Well, hopefully you like the next one. You know, nothing yeah, too pretty major. much. I mean, but um, they were pretty happy going about it. Your story is is uh, so similar to. Something that I had, it was with Guru Mean, actually. I played the import, and I wrote an import review, and I scored the replay value around average. Oh, my voice cracked right there. That's excellent. Around average. And out of nowhere, the North American publisher emails me mere days later saying, Guru Mean, blockable difficulty levels, and new hats. Don't you think it has a little bit more replay value than that and I was like well that's great I appreciate the email I appreciate that your company is bringing this game to the American audience and I wish you success however the replay value score that I gave it is going to stand and I considered what you said and I played through the game uh, about a time and a half you know with the difficulty levels and the, the different stuff that you get for going through, the time attack, the boss rush mode, I forgot about that. Um, however, you're still swinging a drill at stuff in the same way. You're still using the same strategies, and it still feels a lot like the same game. You know, you're still going to go into the boss fights with the same attack pattern and the same strategy overall. It'll change a little bit from difficulty level to, to level. But I just had to explain, yeah. It, but he was trying to get me to up my replay value score there. I was like, appreciate the notice. Thanks for reading. But I, no, I I can't do that. This is how I feel. I, I balance out the pros and the cons. It was such a close reading, too. It's amazing, really. I bothered to look at the replay value score. It's something interesting to complain about, especially since, and personally, I don't really care about that particular score as far as RPGs are concerned. Courtney, Courtney said, reader beware. I think it's almost more a case of writer beware. We've got, you know, PR agents on one hand and irate readers on the other. I'm not even going to talk about some of the PR experiences I've had with reviews, but there was one that, instance with a reader, I didn't get hate mail, but I got a hate message board post. Some guy for our forums to bash me and my review, and also Heath for being the editor and allowing the review to go up. 
And it was actually my review of um, Puzzle Quest Challenge of the Warlords for DS. And I gave it a 4 out of 10. And this was one everyone was giving it like 85, 95% and stuff. This guy even says, like, there is a reason that almost every professional game site ranks this game as 85 to 95%. Blah, 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 blah. There's a great, great quote in here. It is also an editor's responsibility to publish good material. Why would you print a review by a, quote, reviewer, quote, who obviously has no grasp of what they are reviewing? I finished your review and I was left with this feeling that a five-year-old child with a crayon had just tried to review a work of art by Michelangelo. Honestly, my Puzzle Quest review is my favorite review. I gave the game a 4 out of 10, but, I mean, on our scale, that's below average. That's not horrible. It obviously had a lot of things going for it, but I think that I justified, you know, my negative impressions in the review. I said that, you know, it was repetitive, it was easy, and, you know, the game did nothing to really subtract from the rep repetition or anything. There were tons and tons of fights. You couldn't avoid any of them. You were basically using the same strategies over and over throughout the game. The story had potential, but the translation was pretty crummy. There was a huge, promising world map, and you don't even cover half of it. You know, I thought I gave a lot of good reasons, but my score just wasn't good enough for people. And people were telling me, you know, your review sucked dick and stuff. And I'm like, oh, thank you, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's kind of funny that there are people who will read reviews and they will devote, you know, Know, minutes of mashing at their keyboard in rage to defend this game that they are suddenly the champion of now. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of amazing. I think they would have, you know, a terrible time, blood pressure and everything, if they ever visited GameFAQs for any amount of time. <laughs> I don't think they'd be able to hospital visits and all kinds of things. Thinking of... Yeah. You well, know. you know what? As, as, as much as I love, say, Final Fantasy twelve. You know, I am not, I understand why some people hate it, and I don't even waste my energy trying to defend a game that I love so much when somebody's just openly bashing it, so I just don't really find, uh, you know, I just don't find that to be productive. Speaking of which, uh, all these comments, think about game facts. <laughs> the battle you cannot win. If your review gets posted at game facts, and this happened with a couple of our things sometimes, and when it when it happens, you know, you just gotta roll your eyes uh, and see what it, how it goes. Uh, with with Izuna, it was like, oh man, they must hate dungeon crawlers. Meanwhile, we've got good reviews of dungeon crawlers sitting scattered throughout. At least good reviews of good dungeon crawlers. But Izuna I remember that was not that. Courtney, you actually played that, and you my my re hate. yeah. Well, my review got posted in that thread too. I know exactly which thread you're talking about because I remember that got posted, and there was the more of the hate was they were really really hating on you guys, and not so much my review. My review was kind of thrown out there. Hey, here's another one that's doing the same thing. So they were kind of saying the same thing about me, you know. But there was so much hope built up on that board for Azuna because there was this piece of official art that came out that has a <laughs> Les has lesbian affection in it to put it nicely and everybody on that thread I remember I read that thread they were swearing up and down oh my gosh this game is going to be so awesome I don't care if it sucks I'm still getting it because there's there's going to be lesbianism in it funny thing is there was none whatsoever <laughs> 
but it, it was it was really great. But yeah, they they did kind of accuse me of not liking um, dungeon crawlers, which was pretty silly. The same thing kind of happened with Brave Story in terms of you know, oh my goodness, so hot, best game ever. You know, you'd go there and it would be like twenty threads, like you know, is such a hot cat girl, cat girl. Rah, oh gosh, rah, you know, she looks like oh, a yeah. mouse. Come on, like, she looks like a mouse. Any game with a couple of girls on that site is just going to have a thread for each of them, a thread for all of them, them versus girls from other games. Like, you see, Yuna versus Tifa. Who's hotter? <laughs> like, there's, uh, the new, there's a new Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles game coming to the Wii for WiiWare. It's a download, the, the Young King and the Promised Land, that one. And already, that brand spanking new forum has a thread like the king's assistant has large breasts and the the <laughs> post content is like a period and like that's it and you know it's i i try not to post i hardly ever post i just browse cuz it just it, it hurts my brain <laughs> sometimes but the thing is like even if you have a good review like we had a good one of uh, soul nomad an 8.5 all right Exceeding expectations. Ranks great. And it got posted there. And it's like, so when you post a bad review, you suck, your family sucks, your site sucks, everything about you sucks, and I hope you get hit by a train. But when you post a good review, and it gets posted over there, um, well, I didn't need RPG Land to tell me this game rocks. Even though it's not out yet, this person posting this has not played it, etc., etc., uh, you can't please people. No, not really. You really, you really can't. I mean, I, I tried for years, you know, to... I, I always was so big on, you know, serving the readership and everything that I did was for the readers and all this other stuff. And, you know, they'll, they'll still come back and, and, and bite you about it. They bite and, the hand that feeds them, so to and, speak. And then you realize the readers all hate you, no matter what yeah. you do. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's not yeah. to readers. You know, I mean... No. The readers, there, there are plenty of good, silent, approving readers. <laughs> readers don't silent readers being the keyword. Read the review criterion, appreciate, you know, appreciate the review. But you know, sometimes you get people who hate reviews, and then there are some people who say, you know, I don't even pay attention to reviews anymore, which kind of begs the question: Are reviews becoming, you know, less relevant in this age? You know, anyone and everyone can review something, they can find tons of information about any game at their fingertips and form their own opinion with or without impressions and previews and reviews. I mean, do you guys think that, you know, perhaps the role of at least a traditional sort of text review is diminishing? Eh, not really. I mean, I still read them every once in a while. Especially for games I'm on the fence about. Yeah. And uh, I, I usually read them to figure out which hockey game I should buy in a given year. About every two years I buy the new hockey game. It's just a question of, do I buy the 2K one or the EA Sports one? It's gone back and forth uh, over time. But oh, Before we get see, too far away from game facts, Oh? I think reading the game facts reviews is its own brand of entertainment. Because I know I, I, I do it quite often. Um, a lot of times in the bathroom, 
it's kind of my my bathroom reader. Game facts reviews. It's quite entertaining. And another one of my morbid game facts fascinations is going into the threads on every game ever made, uh, especially when it's just come out, and reading all the should I buy this game threads because I keep looking for the one time when the, someone say no, but so far I have not encountered it because you've gone, always yes. you've gone to this game's forum where people who are fans of this game reside, supposedly. And you have asked them if you should buy this game. You should have asked the fans of this game, should I buy this game? Never seen a no. I've seen a maybe, like, a couple of times, but I, I just have this more fascination because there's, like, never ends. Never. Yeah, that's good for it. It never ends. It's the same every Which, time. And yeah. I just read them, and I keep reading them over and over like I'm caught in some sort of nightmare. That's like you should. That, that's like asking a Republican if you should vote for Bush or something. Seriously, you know, of course they're going to back a game that they're a fan of because that's they they have to have that support for it. They have to justify what they like. So of course they're going to say yes, buy it. Which is perhaps why we established earlier that any time a game gets a low score, even if it hasn't come out, uh, you're just going to get pounced on by that particular yeah. community. And if it gets a good score, well, they didn't need your stupid, dumb review. Yeah, pretty much. So. In defense of game facts, if you get outside of like the brand spanking new games, uh, some, well, this might not be true anymore, but I remember uh, quite a few years ago, some of the old net, like NES games had forums that were actually halfway decent. I actually posted there. That's like where all of my posts to this day came from. And now I just look because... I'm not getting into that. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, we don't want to generalize and point out every single poster there. There are plenty of good posters at GameFAQs, and we should note that there are lots of helpful folks who are keeping it real and stuff, but it's just a, a place where there are, are just as many uh, idiots as geniuses. Yeah. It's, uh, the, sadly the former is a little more vocal in most cases. Pro yeah, I'd, yeah, it's hard to say anything too bad against them because I think someone on there may or may not have helped me out while I was reviewing a game for RPG Land and got me unstuck. So, you know, props to that, I guess. You know, actually, that kind of reminds me of something that I was going to say. Uh, one of the pitfalls of when you play a review or when you play a game for a review and it's a game that hasn't come out in North America yet, how if you get stuck, you oh, yeah. get help. <laughs> you have to rely on a review that was written about the Japanese version. For me, yeah. when I played yeah. when I played Rogue Galaxy, okay, <laughs> and I happened to get I wasn't really stuck, but I was trying to find something and the Japanese review was just, you know, they changed it completely for the North American version and <laughs> just no help there. So, <laughs> that's kind of another uh -oh. one of the hazards of, uh, you know, being a reviewer. Either that or you have to rely on the help of the game fackers who have pirated the review copy and are currently playing it with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if you're lucky and you have a, you know, you have a connection with somebody who works at another website, you know, that's also reviewing it, you can talk to them about that. Because I know that we've kind of talked back and forth with stuff that we've been reviewing. I can't remember. It seems like Keith and I were talking about 
a game that we were both playing. I can't remember which one it was, if it was Rogue Galaxy or what, but we were discussing no, I, it back and I, forth. I only played the demo of Rogue Galaxy. Okay. It was probably, we've talked about Wild Arms games. Maybe it was Wild... You, Maybe it was Wild Arms. I don't remember. It was something we that we were Wild playing. Wild Arms when it was new, both of us, and Alter Code F as well. Yeah. <laughs> Did we do that with Artanelico? Maybe. It might have been Artanelico. Maybe. Because I think we played that together. Yeah. Cause that, was, it was that, that was just earlier this year, right? Yeah, that was February. That was right before I yeah. quit at the yeah. other place. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we would have been both doing that. Um. Yeah, so... With that, the goal, when I write a review, a common mistake that readers make is that they think the reviewer is trying to make you agree with them or they expect you to agree with them. Uh, I don't. I don't expect anyone to agree with me, and I'm not going to be like, well, you're an idiot, to anyone who doesn't agree with me. Uh, My goal is most times to try and help the reader figure out if it's a game that they might be interested in at all. I don't even agree with you. I do that. I don't agree Actually, with you. <laughs> all right. I do that. I do try to think about um, helping a person figure out if they want to review, if they want yeah. to buy the game I'm reviewing or play it or rent it or whatever. And sometimes I'll say, rent this, don't buy it. You know, don't don't throw 50 bucks at it because it's not worth it, but it's worth renting or borrowing from a friend, you know, just because, you know, there is some worthwhile experience in it. Because I think just that's why I re- read reviews is to see if I want to buy the game or not, or to give it a try or whatever. Is it worth wasting my time on this game? You know, is it something that I'm going to hate? Am I going to say, oh, okay, well, that was kind of fun, you know? And a lot of people like those recommendations and stuff. And, I mean, I have to agree with Heath. You know, in writing a review, you're not trying to tell people what to think. where You can give people the heads up, like, hey, you know, whatever you whatever you think of, you know... This and this aspect, this game is worth checking out because it has, you know, obvious quality. You know, there aren't going to be too many games coming out like that that are going to be, you know, landmarks. I think maybe like Final Fantasy XII might be considered a landmark, but I don't think you need to encourage people to go out and try that one. In my review of Odin Sphere, I actually said, you know, whatever you think of, you know, the various aspects of the game, like, give it a try because there isn't really any aspect of this game I thought that was built poorly. It had some negative aspects that kept it from achieving a higher score and technical issues and whatnot, but even even those issues considered, it's worth checking out. Yeah, there are games that I'll give a 9. I wouldn't blindly recommend it to people. Conversely, there are games that I'll give a 4 You know that I know that someone out there is going to love. It's just, it's hard to put numbers on these things a lot. And that's why we're we're putting less emphasis on the numbers at the land. We've switched the place where the verdict used to say a word and the number used to be real big. We've made the, the word real big. Like instead of a giant eight, you see a giant great or a giant very good now. Uh, and where you used to see the verdict, very good, you see written out, in letters 7.5 or something like that. The numbers don't really necessarily indicate perfectly my enjoyment of a game. I give it numbers and scores based on standards and so forth, but like a good example, sorry to bring up Odin Sphere again here, but I gave Odin Sphere an 8, and I also 
shortly thereafter did um, Jean d'Arc for PSP, which I also gave an 8. But, you know, there's a, a passerby might look and say, oh, well, she liked them pretty equally. They're both 8s. To which I would say, absolutely not. You know, Odensphere got an 8, but, like, that, that game to me was legendary. I haven't had that much fun with a game in years. And it was, you know, an absolute joy to play in all aspects, lag and all. But, you know, much like a figure skater, if, you know, this figure skater is doing this wonderful routine and, oh, she kind of slips, you know, it's like the judges have to mark her down. No matter how well she's doing, they have to subtract, like, you know, point eight or something from her overall score. And it's almost a question of marking up versus marking down. Jean d'Arc, you know, slowly made its way up to an eight through a lot of, you know, little things that added up, whereas Odin's Fear rocketed very high up in, in kind of a score, a mental score, but then I had to knock it down because of persistent issues. I don't want to stray too off topic, but as long as I got a chance, my brother's almost beaten John Dark, so thank you people for, like, getting me a recommendation for a PSP game because he's had a blast. Reviews can be useful. Here it is in the flesh. God, he loves this one like Toad Knight thing he's got. He was showing me. He's just like, now it's just a frog with a sword. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad to hear that he enjoyed it. That he got the recommendation. Um, yeah, Reviews Jean are still relevant. Hooray! Yeah. Hey, yes. It's good to know that you know your review is useful to somebody. I think that even if my reviews weren't useful to anyone, I think I would still write them. Because I have fun doing it. I mean, does anyone else find that? Yeah, I was about to say, it is pretty fun. It, it, it is pretty fun. It does feel like, you know, having to write an essay for school all over again sometimes. <laughs> but it, yeah. it is kind of fun to pick it apart and to talk about, you know. And, and I always hope that maybe, just maybe, a developer would read my review and say, okay, you know what, she has a good point about the way we made that, maybe we should reconsider, you know, when we make a sequel or, you know, another game or whatever. But that's, I, I always do hope that a developer would read my review. And I do know that they have read my reviews. I know that um, where I used to work, they would email them to the company. I can't remember which one it was that I reviewed, but they wrote back that they loved my review, that they appreciated what I had, had said about them. It was a positive review, but they appreciated what I had said. I can't remember which company it was. I want to say level five, but that doesn't sound right. It may have been level five. I can't remember, but I, it, it was. They just they thanked me for my review. It was really awesome. It might have been level five. They're very personable. We had an interview with them was. not too long ago. Yeah, we had you know, a Jean d'Arc interview. I want to say it was Rogue Galaxy. It, it seems like it was Rogue Galaxy. Yeah, I don't know. I take the you know classic critical standpoint that you know you get in the. Uh, critic business of something that you really love because you want to share the good things of what you love with other people. Yeah. And you also want I... to protect you want to protect them for the bad things. That's what yeah. I felt when I did two very negative reviews. Um, I felt like I was kind of warning people, you know, about something, you know, don't don't go into this thinking you're gonna like it because you may not, you know, just trying to caution people i don't want i i don't like the idea of somebody throwing you know 30 40 50 dollars at a game and then being upset <laughs> you know i just want to protect them from stuff that they might not like oh well, there's always ebay 
Oh, sorry. I just see myself as looking out for consumers. Just, in a sense. I'm lucky that way, I think, because I was very, very few things I think I've ever bought in the Lost in Blue. Okay, I bought that game and it was like, oh my <laughs> god. What have I done? That was like when I first had my DS, though, so I was kind of you know, poking around. Most most things, I think I, I have a pr- pretty positive outlook on life. I agree with uh, the sentiments that you've expressed about uh, why we write. And I was a uh, I was a total nerd. I mean, when I was in high school and stuff, I would even write reviews just on notebook paper, their only audience being myself. <laughs> so uh, I just developed a love for it. And then along came the Internet, and here we are. So I just, uh, even if one person is going to click the review, that's that's good enough for me. And like I said, with emphasizing... Uh, the words instead of a numerical score we're probably going to turn some people off and traffic might go down but really as long as the quality of the product is high and I know that the writing behind the number behind the words is good I, I don't really care how many people read it because I know it's good you can really tell the difference between you know if you're reading a review you can tell the difference between someone who's reviewing because they love what they're reviewing and they want to, and people who are reviewing because they have to. You see this in local newspapers a lot. Now a lot of local newspapers are starting to get electronic sections where they'll review stuff. And you'll you'll just be able to tell. Some guy just got saddled like, oh, here, review this video game. And he, you know he doesn't want to. And so he's writing and you can tell that he doesn't really care or something. Whereas... When you're excited about something, when you're, dare I say, passionate about something and you enjoy it, you like writing about it. Even even if, you know, you had a terrible experience, you still like writing about it. I mean, you don't see, you know, food critics or something going to a restaurant, then getting up from the table and saying, oh, now I have to talk about this. You know? They, they might want to say, wow, you know, that, you know, that, that, that lobster tail with lemongrass was fabulous and the ravioli could have been a little more you know could have had a little more gouda on it but it was you know overall it was very good and there was good service and they had some decent wine here i suppose you know along with that if i mean at a more general general purpose gaming area if you got you don't put the guy who doesn't like that genre on the review probably the guy who hates the hates the JRPG with a passion. I don't know if you want to saddle him with writing the next Nipponichi game. I've seen that happen with some of the major gaming sites. They'll throw a Nintendo game at someone who hates Nintendo or something like that, and they'll just bash it. Which is why it's almost funny. You get people who are like, well, we can't trust this review. They're reviewing an RPG, and they're an RPG-centric website. Shock and awe. You know, but it's like, I'd rather someone who likes a genre review a game in that genre then you know i i don't like sports games and i don't think i could write a fair review of a sports game because i don't mm-hmm. understand them i can't play them well you know etc i totally agree with that because i especially like i said one of my favorite genres outside of the rpg area is adventure games i don't trust anyone's opinion on adventure games unless they're an adventure game reviewing website because mm-hmm. 
nobody is going to review it like that. I, I've seen, like, they get terrible scores um, because they follow these conventions that nobody except adventure game players like. Well, I'm an adventure game player, so I don't care about all that junk. Just give me, like, compare it to other adventure games. That's much more useful to me, I think. Yeah. And just being, to... being an RPG... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I was just going to say that being an RPG-centric website doesn't mean we unconditionally love every single RPG. And yes. to think so is uh, pretty false. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it actually gives us a, a, a better way of viewing it because we play... You know, you got to think... We, we look at all of the RPGs and not just the popular ones. I could so, be a car well, enthusiast without loving a Ford Pinto. You know? Yeah, well that, and I think it's you know easier to put RPGs aside and you know pick through those individually than putting them in the vast game of gaming hemisphere. Well, it's, it's wow, I'm really go, lost. <laughs> it's it's better to go to the experts, you know, the people who may concentrate on a particular genre, and they're going to know, you know, more about it. Kind of like you were talking about with the adventure games. And, you know, I just I would just rather go to the experts. That's not to say that, you know, people can't review across genres, but, yeah, you know, you gravitate towards your preferences in terms of reviewing, and I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, and even like, within, Oops, within a particular group of reviewers, you're going to find, you know, somebody that maybe has similar tastes to you. You know, like, if I'm looking for reviews on Wild Arms games, I'm not going to go to somebody that I know has historically disliked Wild Arms games. I'm going to go to somebody that's played all of them, that knows how they all work. You know, and there's been some games that I've played that I've actually refused to write a review about them. The big example being Dragon Quest Eight. I refused to review it because I that's the only Dragon Quest game I've ever played. And I thought, I can't do this justice. I haven't played all the others. I don't really know exactly how they work. All I know is I, I liked this game, but I wouldn't dare do a review for it because I don't have all of that history. I don't think it would lend much credibility to me. Right. I refuse to be I, I refuse to review Breath of Fire three because it was my first RPG. And you're biased, yeah. Right. In and a sense. so it was, I mean, I called it the best game ever when I first played it. I was like, this is the best game ever. I was like, Great. <laughs> Look at this. Every time you fight something, you get points. And then when you get enough points, you grow. No, no, stay with me. You, you sit down. <laughs> sit down, Corey. Look at this. This is awesome. And he eventually grew to love it, too. And uh, it was just, it's still one of my favorite games. And I did review. Uh, some reader out there might be listening to this and being like, wait, who reviewed it on the site? And uh, Who reviewed the PSP version? Well, um, I did. I, I did review the PSP version, but as a port. Yeah. Uh, I, the key merits in reviewing a port, to me, are how well did it port? Are there any extras? How worthwhile are the extras? Is this worth playing again in this version? And so on. So I didn't let first RPG bias get into that very much, if at all. I felt weird. When I reviewed Skies of Arcadia, uh, the uh, GameCube port, I felt really weird about doing that because um, you know I hadn't played the original on the Dreamcast, so I felt really, uh -huh. really strange about doing that, but uh, I, I still managed to crank out some kind of review on it, and uh, I think I think Roku told me it's okay if you haven't played the original, you know, just, you can go ahead and still review it. Just as a game. Well, people look for the different perspectives, too. 
because people mm-hmm. will, are out there honestly would have been asking at the time well I haven't played the Dreamcast version is this still worth playing and so you know somebody has to answer that question so yeah I wouldn't see anything wrong with that um I did do I some research on the differences, though. I researched the differences so that I could be prepared to answer any of those questions that, you know, good, might come good. up. I yes. research everything I review. It's I'm, yeah, I'm obsessive I'm, in that way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not just trying to high five you here on this, but yeah, that's exactly the way it should be done. If you ask me. Yeah. Well, and you never know when some little troll is going to call you out, and I've had people do that. To- used to they call me out and try to act like i don't know what i'm talking about oh you didn't see this you know and and i've done it to other people too not to be a troll but i did do this to another person's review and say well you didn't talk about this 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 which i thought were major points they just completely skipped over you know wasn't trying to be a troll just saying you know and are are you prepared to answer these kinds of questions you know because you will get some valid questions from people sometimes people will say you know well i really need to know this before i i get the game and you have to be prepared with research. So I always try to arm myself with, with research and information and be ready to answer any questions that are thrown at me. That's another aspect of reviewing, actually, is being <laughs> fully informed. There, you know, we could probably even do two casts about this. Probably. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we the probably, fact is, we've gone on quite a while. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're about at that point. Why don't we go around and maybe say, just summarize one final brief thought from everyone on the panel, since we've all said quite a bit tonight. And there's been so much discussed, so much that still could be discussed. If we wanted to, we could go on for another hour. Um, we could probably even come back tomorrow. But why don't we go ahead and maybe go around the panel, give some closing thoughts on this. Uh, who wants to start? I'll give it a try. Okay, thanks. Well, I think to sum up, uh, reviewing is fun, game fact sucks, and grapefruit juice is delicious. Were, were you looking for something deeper? I'm sorry. It doesn't matter to me. We're just winging it. You may continue. Um, winging it. Okay. Yeah, uh, to me, you know, writing a review, like I said, my goal is just to help someone figure out if the game would be good for them or not, uh, By in part by explaining the system, but sometimes I admit I don't even do that. Like with Legend. If he wrote the whole review, was just a dialogue explaining, like among the characters, which was intended to uh, send the message of how the game flows, which is poorly, and the characters in the dialogue are talking about crappy aspects of the game, and the the way it's presented is actually, I feel, a, a pretty good depiction of the game that's being played, and a forum member actually said wow, I have no doubt that this is exactly how this game plays because I have played the first two Legend of Heroes games and they felt just like this dialogue to me. And so it's unorthodox, yeah, and there are very few reviewers out there that would do something like that. But I did it without hesitation and I'm glad I did. Just there's so much that goes into it, every single review... It's hard to tie this down to a science, and there are so few constants in it that it makes it all the trickier. Uh, I I would go ahead and just sum up my thoughts with that. I think I would have to say um, that we can't review in a bubble. Uh, You know, what I was talking about with um, knowing your audience, understanding uh, that 
something that may not bother you is, you know, it's going to bother somebody else and vice versa. Um, do your research so that you understand the game. And you can answer any questions that may come up from your readers. And, you know, also to know the history of the series, if, it, if the game is in a series or, you know, if it's um, of a particular genre, you know, to just understand the background of the game so that you're not just saying, you know, kind of like you were talking about with Breath of Fire 3, you know, that maybe you don't know all the history of RPGs and how all this works. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to color your opinion of the game. Know the text. Read the text. Love the text. Amen. The text is, you know, it's so important. It doesn't matter if it's a negative review, positive review. Doesn't matter what the numbers are. The text is where the meat of the review is. The text is where, you know, all is explained. And I think that readers have, you know, a responsibility to acknowledge that text, and that the writers have a responsibility to make that text readable, clear concise, you know, without bias or bashing to explain their thoughts on the game. And now we know that uh, Janelle has a reviewist fundamentalist view. It's all about the text. (laughs) I was going to make some kind of religious joke there, but my mind blanked. I did it for you. (laughs) True. Um, I guess I would also say that, you know, we, we... talked, you know, for quite some time about how serious this is and how serious other people get about it, how, you know, reviews are serious business, but, you know, it's also fun. We do this for fun about something that we enjoy, that other people enjoy, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to loosen up once in a while, like, you know, Heath did with his Legend of Heroes 3 review. It, It doesn't hurt to shake things up in our writing, to throw in, you know, jokes, to do something unconventional. You know, I think that it can almost be refreshing, and I think it's important that we keep the fun in sight. Like, this is fun. It's not something to flame people over. It's not something to get upset about, hot and bothered and angry. I wonder how crazy you could get with reviews. Like, could you compose a review in interpretive dance? How would you manage that? Anyway, I'll leave you guys with that thought as we wrap up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I guess we should probably throw out that readers will notice that we still have out of 10 a- after the words. Like, things say good out of 10, average out of 10. Uh, the out of 10 is just kind of a, a homage to our classic out of 10 scale, where 5 was the average and, fi- and the center of the scale. Uh, we just sort of left the out of 10 to keep things somewhat numerical, and sort of as a, a joke, or possibly viewed as a satire of other reviews and things like that. Uh, so don't try and rack your brains thinking about what does good out of ten mean? Just all you need to know is the big, bold, very large text that says good there, and then you know what the review is trying to say. Uh, Janelle is leaning over. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have. Um, thanks for listening. Good night. Yeah, if if you're feeling a little uncomfortable, you know, don't. If it makes you feel more comfortable, you can think of it as a number. If that makes you able to sleep, which I will be doing in a few moments. Good night, folks. Good night.
podcast was brought to you by the verdict 8 out of good.